Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Well, just Chris. It was Chris Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today we got a great show for you. We got Soho Johnny coming on. He's doing some great things out there. And we're excited to have him on the show to talk a little bit about his story and where he's going and just talk music and see where this goes. So welcome to the show, Soho Johnny. Thank you so much for Chris for having me on your show today. Uh, every day is a blessing and a gift. Thank you. Yes, it is. What's funny is when I start to show out every day, every time, because my wife is usually with me, I'm so used to saying we're Chris and Sandy. <laughs> we're just the we. We've you know 18 years married, 24 seven couple, and we've always been we. So. <laughs> well, it's always the power of we, not I, right? And that's that, exactly. that's the magic. That's, that's what makes the marriage work. <laughs> <clears throat> so I always like to start the show out the same way every time right now, because we're in a crazy season. Um, how has COVID affected what you do and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that? Well, that's a very uh, poignant question for me. And, uh, uh, you know, usually I get asked and, and believe me, this is my whole journey has been organic. It's not really so much about me. I'm just blessed that I was able to get to where I am. Uh, yeah. and how it just came about. But, you know, if you just, usually I go backwards and I come forward in time, but you're talking particularly about COVID. So I'll share with the audience, like many people out there, they suffered losses or were affected in an adverse way from COVID. Uh, I myself lost my mom to COVID earlier last year when, the, when it first came out and we didn't know a lot about the pandemic. Uh, but I, you know, despite, of course, the loss in the morning oh, and everything, um, thank you, thank you. But, uh, you know, in her name, in honor of her name, I had uh, a foundation I had on the shelf called Let Me Help, Inc. Uh, <clears throat> because I have a history of doing charity and, and, and shows and everything. And I guess we'll delve into that in a few minutes. But the uh, uh, and, and I and I activated it in her name and everyone else's name that was oh, wow. affected. And uh, I started doing some shows uh, using that now. The audience, some of the audience might not have known. I didn't know until I started the foundation, the difference between a charity and a foundation. A foundation is like a charity, only it could give money to many different charitable causes, not just one. Like American Cancer Society, I used to deal with, you could just give money, but it's just for, you know, cancer. Uh, yeah. This, when you have a foundation, it could give to multiple causes, uh, uh, oh, wow. one at a time, just several at once. I so. So uh, what we ended up doing recently, uh, and so and how it affected me, and obviously my mom, is that uh, I catapulted Let Me Help Inc. Let Me Help Inc. org is the website, and I started the foundation, and I started using that as a vehicle to raise money with shows and music and entertainment uh, for worthy causes. Um, mm -hmm. So I just did a uh, uh, not too long ago in November, November twenty fourth. Uh, and of course, because of COVID, you know, you can't do many things live now. You can't get a large audience together and do yeah. what you want. People feel safe. And, uh, and, uh, but we, we did a virtual concert. And, uh, you know, part of my journey is in, in, in combining entertainment, the passion of the connectivity with the audience and, and, and performing. And charity has opened up so many doors. And I've reached, oh, I've wow. gotten so much love from people and other people that support me. So with my uh, with my team and uh, I have great people around me. Trust me, I, I owe it all to them. Uh, we were able to assemble artists from all over the world that volunteered, either allowing us to use wow. footage, allow doing shout outs or performances, 
And I can't remember all the names, except it was a six-hour virtual show, November 24th, oh, wow. that we broadcast. And, uh, yeah, it was quite daunting. Uh, and uh, we raised money for three charitable causes. Of course, one was COVID-related, which was, I think was the Department of Aging. I think it had something to do with Meals on Wheels. I think it was to bring food to COVID families or something like that. The other one was prostate cancer. And the third one, a small part of the show, uh, not a, I shouldn't say a small part of the show, but, you know, a fractured part of the show, uh, was a great artist in his own right and co-producer Andrew Cole. Hashtag I am no joke for an anti-bullying uh, oh, wow. endeavor <clears throat> type of fundraising effort to create awareness for that, especially uh, uh, with the younger generation in schools uh, and how, how they could be adversely affected. So because of having that, um, we were blessed. I mean, we had, as I said, either footage or shout outs or performances from wow. the likes of Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne, Patrick Stewart, <laughs> uh, Cedric the Entertainer, uh, Tommy James. Remember Tommy James and Shandell? Right. He's so wonderful, such talented guys, and they're still out there, you know, kicking butt out there, doing so great. Uh, and the list goes on and on and on. I had, uh, you know, uh, uh, performers from uh, many different bands, Super Tramp, Toto, my buddy Scott Page. He was uh, part of uh, Pink Floyd, you know, saxophonist for Pink Floyd. And, you know, I just have such a long list, so we were able to wow. raise money. And uh, it, was, it, it was just, I mean, it was virtual. But it was really, really, really a wonderful experience. And it's a big part of what uh, we've been doing on our platform, SohoJohnny.com, for several years there. And just, you know, to answer your question, that's kind of how I reacted. Of course, I'm, listen, I, I put on some weight of trying to stay disciplined in my house, and, you know, uh, dealing with it. Uh, but, you know, part of what I, you know, what I've done in my career um, and, and, I, I'm the accidental tourist in all this, okay? I'm just a guy behind the desk that just kind of fell into all this stuff. <laughs> it actually goes back to my dad, but we'll get into that. Um, but is, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, um, it, it, it just uh, kind of happened and organically as it went along, okay? Yeah. And here, I've done shows before. So um, that's how like, we kind of reacted to the COVID, you know? Uh, I mean, I say that uh, these times, it's you know, it's all about outreach. Okay, uh, the social distancing is not social isolation; it's the opposite now. Yeah, exactly. Now's the time that we have to outreach to each other and check on people, even if it's just picking up the phone. And I don't care if it's just putting a smile on an elderly woman's face when you walk down the block and just putting a little touch of kindness out there. That's what's really important that needs to resonate out there right now. You know, yeah. So uh, I definitely love love that. And like for us, you know, we launched this show, you know, January third of twenty twenty. So it was a couple months wow. before COVID happened. And I remember when you know our original plan was a hundred interviews our first year. We thought if we did a hundred interviews, we'd lay a great foundation for the show. And then COVID mm -hmm. happens, and I told mm -hmm. Sandy, I was like, you know, this may be our year to sign. Because all these artists and entertainers and all that, they're going to need a place to talk because everything slowed down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? So we went all out. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. That's wonderful. And that's quite daunting. I, I mean, I, I, I applaud you because I know the amount of time and work that goes in order to orchestrate all that. And uh, that's fantastic. And you're right. We kind of all have, uh, you know... It's not the reason that we want it to happen, but we yeah. kind of had a captive audience with a big, big part of the entertainment industry. Even with my show for the six hours, you know, 
Uh, I'm sure it would have been a little bit more difficult to pull off and have people devote their time like they did so lovingly uh, yeah. uh, during that time. So uh, uh, I think it's all wonderful uh, what you're doing. And, and by the way, uh, you know, you're mentioning that you started the show. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to you before we continue uh, for you and, and Sandy for having your show because you're part of what's keeping the light out there during these times, that these challenging times. So I want to thank you. Well, we definitely appreciate that. You know, it's definitely been a lot of work, but it's also been a lot of joy and fun. And I'm a conversationalist. I mean, sometimes, you know, for 18 years of our marriage, um, there were times where Sandy and I would be out and about. We'd run into, and I'm not talking about friends, run into strangers. And I would be two, three minutes in a conversation and Sandy would know we're going to be there 30 minutes to an hour. Just no question about it. You know, and I did that thousands of times and, and we laugh now at it because we had no idea that that was preparing us for this crazy show. Well, you know what? Life is unexpected at times. And, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I just, I think I was, I was, I was interviewed by a magazine the other day and, uh, you know, they, kind of asked me like, you know, what you would say to a younger version of yourself or somebody that's up and coming in the business, whatever. And, uh, and I thought about it and I said, you know what, uh, you kind of want to always try to remember to drive the bus of your life and not be a passenger, right? Amen to that. And what I mean by that is, I mean, of course you have your career and you want to make money. You have to, you know, you have to survive and make a living, but also, you know, I think if I knew, and, 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 you know, as you get older, you try to understand your younger self and what really made you tick. And that's yeah. been a revelation to me and everything I've been doing, because uh, when I was a kid, I was a stuttering, young, nervous kid uh, being brought up in, 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 in the Big Apple in New York City, Manhattan, oh, wow. and Boogie Down Bronx. And, uh, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, it was just a matter of just realizing that, you know, because I was the class clown. I was a practical joker. OK. And, uh, <laughs> I would get in trouble with it. And back in those days, you know, I'm going back in the 60s, so I'm dating myself. You know, they wouldn't spare the rod to uh, discipline me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, even the teachers and everything, they would chuckle on the side because I would bring in all these practical jokes, like little snakes uh, coming out know. of cigars and stuff like that. And so I look back at myself and I say, you know, what was I really doing? And I was just looking to see, smile, put smiles and just entertain people you know and it was such a wonderful thing so i think it's kind of the seed of what happened with me so i would say you know drive the bus of your life try to see what your goals are okay uh, an idea and if you tie it to something that you're somewhat passionate about like of course uh, music is, is definitely something i'm passionate about uh and maybe some type of philanthropic goal because of how you interact with others and then make a career of it. I mean, to me, that's the perfect trifecta, okay? Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to have it, uh, you know, just to try to have somebody keep that mindset, just keep that in your mind when you wake up in the morning. Love that. Now, um, when you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to do music and be an entertainer? I like to go a step further. When did it click that it could actually be a career for you? Ooh. Um, well, I, I, I usually, I mean, uh, Soho Johnny uh, was born because it was kind of a nickname. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather on my father's side had come to the country. He was a poor immigrant, like many of the families and lineages, uh, had come to the country. And he started in Soho, in the Soho historic area of Manhattan. That, that you know, It's pretty well known around the world, that, that neighborhood. 
And uh, to this day, my family's still involved there. And uh, he was poor. And, uh, you know, we had like this little business to make a few pennies or whatever it was at the time. It was over 100 years ago and recycling, if you will. And then uh, my father's generation came along. And uh, then they had a trucking business back in the day. But um, the, uh, um, you know, to answer your question, uh, I think it was, um, I think it was a gradual, uh, my mom was always involved somewhat with entertainment. She always had music on in the house. And do you remember when we were all younger that, uh, well, everybody's different ages, but I know certainly for me it was vinyl, right? And, uh, you know, when you like a song when you're a kid, like you could play it a hundred times a day and drive your family parents crazy, right? <laughs> and I remember there was this one album, I mean, I, I, I've just thought about it recently. I remember it was about 1965, there was an album, What's New Pussycat? I think it was on a movie with Tom Jones. And I would play that album over and over and over again. So my mom tried to get involved a little bit with entertainment. It was hard in those days for a lady mm -hmm. to, to do that and everything. And she did some things like on um, plays and everything. But I think having music in the house from her, I owe my music inclination to her oh, wow. and my dad who did business. And I used to go go to him to work to, to, to work. Uh, I was he, he was he, not because he was my dad, but he had a way about him that people would walk away from him and say, my God, he's a decent guy. Nice guy. Doesn't matter what they had or what they didn't have. They would still say kind words about him. So to my dad, I owe my sense of humility and humanity. And I tried to incorporate them into my platform, Soho Johnny. As oh, I, I love that. Right. Now, anybody that's listening live or on the replay, be sure to share, share, share. Now, you're talking about 65. I was actually born in 71. So. <laughs> I know. I'm going back. I was listening. I was only in grammar school. I was a kid back then. Uh, but I'm saying, I think that album came out with that. So somewhere in the later 60s, it was probably playing it there, I remember, at the mm -hmm. time. Uh, but, you know, uh, just I guess just picking up where I just left off, um, the um, with uh, you know, and then <clears throat> my parents eventually, <clears throat> excuse me, they, we were in an apartment in Stuyvesant Town that MetLife had built. It was a very big complex, and then they eventually yeah. moved to the Bronx, uh, the Boogie Down Bronx, uh, which I, I think it was, I mean I, I consider myself fortunate in a sense because being brought up in a big city like that, a big melting pot. It was like a second education for me to see how people from all diverse backgrounds could get together and just work together, whether it be just stickball on the street or just working on something, you know. And I consider that another education. I, I feel that I was blessed. But um, so, you know, my father had this trucking business and then I had gotten involved. And uh, uh, I think we um, uh, the. Uh, um, uh, they oh they had moved to the MetLife sister complex Parkchester another big park uh, complex in the Bronx and eventually out of the apartment they got a house and in oh, this wow. house there was a garage in the backyard now I had developed somewhat of a reputation that practical joker I told you about earlier so I was pretty popular with the kids famous or infamous as you would as you would <laughs> and for some reason I would just after school go to this garage and I would have a Photograph and I play some rock music, which is now classic rock music, and the black light and the strobe light, and it just started to gather a crowd. Oh well. And uh, well, you know, it's not only uh, people from the school, but people from all over the neighborhood would just stop there after school and hang out. And you know, the Bronx in those days, you know, it had gangs on the street and whatever. And uh, I think a lot of the families were happy, so at least they're over, you know, that family's <laughs> house was better. 
being on the streets. Oh, it's something positive. Right, right, right. And, and, you know, the funny about the funny thing about me is, uh, you know, I mean, I was a coward, uh, you know, but, you know, I had I was trying to be in an honor society, like in grammar school, but also, um, you know, you had to kind of like wear colors like in a gang, even though I was a coward and everybody just because I could go back and forth to school. It was interesting times. But um, I think that was the seed of entertainment with me, how it really started uh, with me. And it kind of morphed. I was never going into that business, though, Chris. Uh, you know, I was in a trucking, working my family's trucking business and got involved with real estate, pep real estate, peprealestate.com. We still have that chugging along in Soho. Uh, but the, um, um, and I, I just, <clears throat> from the garage, uh, I started DJing a little bit, uh, not really super professionally. I did some family reunions, a classic disco came around and, uh, you know, I just kept on going in that direction. So now fast forward, uh, my dad dies of cancer, like probably over 26 years now. And uh, so that was a big point in my life because, you know, again, and you just, you had started talking about COVID. And of course, I talked about my mom. But before that, it was my losing my dad. And I said, you know what, what can I kind of do in his name, you know, and, you know, trying to channel this energy because cancer affects all of us, right? Yeah, you know, does. COVID hopefully is going to be uh, something that's going to pass us as the medical technology is catching up. But cancer is like something that's been around a long time and uh, hopefully they're going to make strides. So in his name, um, I started doing shows and I kicked the I kicked the bucket a little bit higher now. Now I'm getting original artists and I started uh, raising money for the American Cancer Society. <laughs> and uh, since that day, you know, on and off, uh, then it kind of, things just kind of turned around because once I started getting involved with the charities, as I said earlier, it, it opened up a lot of doors and it brought me so much love and uh, respect and uh, things that uh, now I've gotten, you know, from that point uh, as it just slowly organically grew, you know, I started dovetailing more to the entertainment business here and many different things and mm-hmm. producing music, representing wow. artists as wow. we're doing now. And the grind, uh, you know, grind, talking uh, about that. Yeah, but it was very... As I say, again, I was the accidental tourist. I didn't expect this to happen, but all of a sudden it just... People, they see like the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes to get not just to their level, but a career level in entertainment. And I always want to talk about that side of it because I think nobody talks about it. And I think it's one of the most important things to talk about because before people step in this crazy arena... They need to know what they're facing, you know, because it's, it is a grind. And, and I'm going to tell a quick story that will kind of help make this point, and we'll talk about that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. I'll never forget what Allison said when I asked her what advice she'd given up-and-coming artists. She said, if you can see yourself doing anything else, Go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, your life changes. Everybody kind of owns a piece of you. Mm-hmm. Your friends and relatives never understand because they invite mm-hmm. you to weddings, to cookouts, to holidays, to weekends. But when you're in that grind mm-hmm. mode, you got to say no to everything because you got to be fully focused on your musical career. <clears throat> then on top of that, your family has to sacrifice. They have to kind of share you with the world now. So they have to sacrifice. But then she added, but... If you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it some. Well, I think it's an excellent point that you bring out, 
um, because you know, it, you know, there's there's different careers that people go into, bright eyed and bushy tailed, as you were, and they say this is entertainment. It's great. I'm going to be popular, and I have a great voice. But um, the sacrifices that you have to make is definitely daunting. It should be understood and explained to you, or you should learn them before you delve into it. So, you know, kind of the secret source is, of course, you have to have some talent, okay? <laughs> you have to have that stick to uh, and you have to have patience, and you have to know it's practice, practice, practice to get you to Carnegie Hall. You have to be willing to put, put the time in. Uh, but even with all of that, the sacrifices, once you start climbing the ladder and you're doing shows, whatever, you know, a lot of celebrities that we watch or we see shows, whatever, especially, you know, can you imagine going on tour? Now, as human beings, you know, you can wake up, oh, I pulled my back today, you know, I had a little quarrel at home or something happens in your life, okay? When you're on tour, you have to put your A game on for each show that you yeah. do. It doesn't matter. And uh, <clears throat> it's that type of situation. That, and, and, you know, having that passion to rise above that, uh, it, that I really respect in, in celebrities. I will add to that that uh, uh, I consider celebrities double celebrities when in some manner, shape, or form, they try to give back to society for their yeah. success, and which is part of uh, <clears throat> the platform that we try to recognize as well in the Soho Johnny. And, and, uh, and for the most that. part, um, a lot of the celebrities, I know <clears throat> that they get a bad rap out there a lot of times, but a lot of the celebrities do give back a lot. That's one thing I have noticed. That's I, you know, it's uh, you don't, I didn't, it didn't really many times you don't realize you don't see that about a lot of the celebrities. I mean, there's many that would come to mind at first, but there's a lot that are unlauded and then they don't get the publicity that they deserve. And yeah. uh, you know, we're talking about celebrities in the entertainment business now, uh, because celebrities are also people that may not be in entertainment to me, uh, yeah. anybody role model right uh, it doesn't matter what you have and like a lot of athletes give a give a lot of back to, to their communities right right and so um i mean certainly in what i've been doing i've been experienced that a lot i mean just my six hour show i mean i i was overwhelmed that uh so many wow. people came and supported what we did i really really was i was really t i mean listen I, we i've been chugging along but uh this was a very a very very uh uh this really, you know, raised the bar in, in what it did. And they just sort of just came to uh, support. So I think, you know, it's just a matter of uh, recognizing. And I think uh, the public should recognize that more and more uh, for a lot of these, uh, you know, celebrities that uh, may not get that recognition that they deserve. Because to me, that's a second select celebrity status that, that they deserve. <clears throat> Most definitely. And I love that, that you know, now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, because as me and you both know, it's huge out there for the entertainment world. Let's go the other way and talk about the glory side that people see. Um, when you look back on your career so far, what are a few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Uh, well, when I do a show, when I do live shows, um, I'm uh, I'm an artist myself. Uh, and I kind of like scratch my head. Am I really? You know, and <laughs> what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I'm animated. I'm on the stage. I'm singing. I'm chore I have to do choreography. I've got the, these these wonderful dances with me. And uh, again, it's not something I planned. It's just just driven. Especially, you know, you have the artist and the music and the energy and the that umbilical cord you have with the audience. Okay, 
Mm. Uh, and that passion, because that's one of the keys of, a, of, 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 a, of an artist is you have to have, and they all have, all the ones that are six, they have that passion and they have that resilience like you're talking about the sacrifice because you have to have it in order to really survive. Uh, so, you know, the glory of it would be definitely, definitely be, you know, the, uh, it, it's just the love and the adoration of the audience. And also, you know, that is like double uh, when you're doing something for a charity or involved with something like that. And of course, this this is not, there's always the business side of it, okay? Because, you know, you got to pay the bills. It's a business. But, you know, we try to pivot and have everything that we touch have part, at least part of it, charity-driven uh, yeah. these days. And, and it's made, it really made, made a big difference. So the glory part of it is uh, um, something that uh, is, uh, I think it, it's, just, it's just a connection with the audience. Because it's the audience that, pray, that, 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 that gives you that energy. And that love yeah. and that smile and just the realization, especially during these trying times uh, or any times. OK, because you're taking people away out of their lives a little bit and you're, you're making them a little bit happier, making them a little bit lighter. OK, and, and, and I think the ability to do that is a gift. OK, yeah. and, and I'm saying music is the tie that binds us all. There's no diversity. There's no politics. It's just a common denominator, denominator medium. I think I have on my website the. Uh, Let's see if I remember. I this came to my mind. I quoted myself: uh, "The breadth of love is spoken in the artistry of musical expression, or something like that." You know, and I, I yeah. really, really believe that. You know, I think it's just the vibrations of music, and it's just a it's a great thing to to, to combine with outreach. Yeah, and, and you know, talking about the gift, it's funny. It took me, you know, I'm 49 now, but I'll be 50 this year. But last year when we launched the show, I was 48, and it took me 48 years to figure out. Okay, I can talk, you know, and I can talk to anybody, <laughs> you know, and, 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 but it's been such a huge blessing too. You know, it's been a lot of work, like we, like we talked about before the show for all this, um, doing over 300 interviews, um, last year. We're probably going to be doing 20 next week because of CRS and stuff, but it's been such a blessing to, when you start to create something, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, you got a little bit of a gift here when it comes to talking. I, I've, you know, I, I joked with my wife years ago, if we could ever find a way to make money with me talking, we'll be rich. A <laughs> <laughs> little did I know that the talking was going to be partly with a little musical slash entertainment show. Mm-hmm. Well, it, 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 it's a beautiful thing, okay, because, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a gift to be able to enjoy something and then actually make some type of career out of it. And uh, as I said to you earlier in the show, you know, and just the virtual having your show out there is, is so important because it's a form of entertainment and uh, during this, this pandemic, okay, and, uh, you know, everything is virtual. The whole entertainment industry, it was already gravitating the, to streaming, to virtual. Yeah. It was just a quantum jump with the pandemic. Uh, the future of entertainment is going to be interactivity with the audience. It's going to be streaming and live shows combined. Uh, there's no secret to that. And, uh, we're it's like, it's cool, like with this, you know, like I've got comments and I could pop this comment up like that right there. You know, that we can actually interact with people if they have comments and or you know, and, uh, with through our um, little software here. So I, lo I love this. Thank you. Thank you very much, Susan. Thank you. <laughs> so as you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the teams. And I don't think that the teams get enough love out there uh, because let's be honest, you can't do what you do with if the team doesn't do what they do. 
And so if you want to take a couple minutes, just tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Well, uh, I give them all the credit, really. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just I just figure I'm the figurehead. I'm kind of like the uh, that little figurehead on the top, be in front of the hood of a Mack truck here. But all the horsepower is behind me. Right. The people like my mentor, John Valesco, uh, Myra, Eileen, uh, Shapiro, uh, Jimmy Starr. There's many so many different people that have helped me uh, uh, do what I do. Um, uh, and, and many, many people along the way. So my assistant, Gail, uh, she's uh, she's a superwoman and she's always oh, wow. there for me. But, you know, and, and there's countless others. Like each show has a game. You put together a different team. It's like when I do a show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's, you know, it's not just the shows now. I mean, uh, we're representing artists. Uh, uh, we have a wonderful rock band. Uh, and, and what a group. Oh, wow. So they're very they're called Animazics. And uh, they're doing rock music based on children's themes, okay? Like, you know, something like Disney or Warner Brothers or something like that. And they did a fantastic Christmas concert. They're charting all over the place. And uh, we're oh, wow. doing, uh, we're planning to uh, assist because a lot of these charities are hurt because of the uh, economic times with COVID. So uh, my my mentor, John Valesco, had mentioned uh well, there's this something, I think it's called Camp Marcella or something. It's a camp for blind children somewhere, I think, in New Jersey. And we said, you know, Animazex, we just had a conversation, is going to choose them to be like, that they're kind of like their charity of choice. Oh, so wow. we're planning to do the show to raise some money for these blind children. And, you know, probably going to look for some uh, celebrities to participate or help promote their, you know, probably know some, some celebrities with disabilities that we all love and fantastic, you know, something, you know, what comes to mind like a Stevie Wonder or Andre Bocelli, you know, I don't know who we'll get, but, you know, you look for those type of things because they're role models, right? Uh, and, yeah. And again, I'm going to repeat this because I think this is very important. We are all role models out there. Everybody has this little celebrity status in their heart. It doesn't matter what you have or don't do. You always make an impression to somebody else. Okay, it's oh so important to always remember that. And, even in this, and if everybody listening to the show right now could just have, think of every day being that people that people less fortunate than us, mm-hmm. uh, I, that little ripple in the pond can make a tidal wave of good faith. You know, wow. speaking of teams, we have a third co-host, our little nine-year-old that we always bring on to ask one or two questions. So, very wonderful. Up. Yes. How are you? Doing good. So, uh, hi, so, guys. So, uh, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Hmm. Hmm. I would have to say I love, um, well, naturally, I love pasta. Uh, although I got to watch, you can't have too much pasta these days because of the <laughs> pandemic and not uh, running around like we used to. But actually, I'm, I'm, actually, a, I'm actually a steak guy. I like a nice uh, T-bone steak, but thank you. And what's yours, little Chris? Mine is pizza. Oh, pizza! Well, I use I, I would love pizza. There's a place in downtown, uh, right, right by on the outskirts of Soho in Manhattan, a place called Famous Ben's Pizza of Soho, and they have a great, great Sicilian slice. Sicilian, you know what the Sicilian slice is? The thick ones, the thick pizza slices. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, that sounds good, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> and you got another question? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, what's your favorite TV show? Oh, my favorite TV show. Well, 
there are so many of them that I'm watching now. Um, uh, well, I'm a little bit of an old timer, so I like sci-fi. So I'm kind of what they call a Trekkie, uh, Star Trek. Okay. And uh, the latest evolution in that that I've been watching, which is pretty cool, is called Star Trek Discovery. I think it streams on CBS All on on, on demand. Well, uh, so. I, I heard I heard of Star Trek. But <laughs> uh, see, Star I watched. Yes, uh, talk about Star Trek. I watched the movie of it on Nick. <laughs> oh yes, well, there's many. It's been around for a long time. Many different shows and different. Uh, Different uh, different types of Star Trek over the years, different types of shows, different actors over the years. But it's been, it's been around a very long time. Wow. And, and what's yours? Mine is SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Well, SpongeBob is pretty popular in many households. Uh, <laughs> and we got a 23-month-old daughter, so it's probably going to continue being um, popular for a while. <laughs> well, listen, Chris, I go back and... Uh, you know, when you mentioned Barney, I'm thinking Barney from Fred Flintstone back in my day, you know, but now Barney is this, 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 this other uh, <laughs> teddy bear or something. So it all changes in the evolution. But I think that's when SpongeBob is great. I love SpongeBob. You know, what's been yeah. cool about it is he watches a lot of Nickelodeon and sometimes he's got people that he really likes on the show. So we're able to reach out to different shows and to their teams and see if we can get any of them on our show. And we've had like five or six people from his shows on. I think that's I, I think that's fantastic. And, I'm like uh, I wish that could happen when I was little, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's uh, you know it's it's funny how the experience is when we're little. Everything is so magical, okay. And if only we can Bye, those okay, <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank, thanks for coming on out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he loves that. And we got a, like I said, you know, we got a 23 month old daughter, which she'll be two years on the 27th of this month. And when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in the show too, because we are a family affair. Well, let me tell you something. I think that's a blessing. It's a blessing. The family that, that stays together and does things together. I think that's so important. I mean, you know, it's interesting the dynamics now during the pandemic, the families are more, you know, the, 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 uh, yeah. the parents may not be going to work as much. They're working at home and, uh, you know, some people say, well, sometimes a little hard, you need a little separation, but, you know, it's important to discipline yourself to set up a routine throughout the day, even if you're not, if, even if you're working remotely, exercise a certain time, work a certain time, and definitely make family time and, uh, uh, and just mix it up. Remember to laugh. I mean, laugh at ourselves and let our hair down and let's not take ourselves too seriously. Okay. It's always, yeah, that, and that's what we want to do with the show is, you know, we do talk some serious stuff from time to time, but for the most part, I just want to have fun. I want to have a raw conversation with interesting guests and just enjoy because again, you know, there's so much out there, you know, you, you turn on anything, you turn on any social media and all you see is negative, negative, negative. And I'm like, you know what? I want to enjoy a little bit. This is kind of my little getaway here, our show. <laughs> well, I mean, that is true. I mean, on social media, you hear prayer warriors, this, this, and that, and my heart goes out to everybody. Uh, but, you know, we need to mix it up and just keep the light on. We need to, to, to keep that because it's the very essence. Listen, we all know that nobody lives forever. Death is what defines life, right? But, yeah. you know, in a way, really to look at it, that's what makes life so special, okay, is that uh, we're not here. And, you know, the currency of life is not money. That money is just a tool to help, you know, put food on the table and whatever. But 
the currency of life really is the love that we share with each other and different degrees of love, even if it's somebody that you're just, just being kind to somebody else or, or, or your immediate family, because that in the end is the currency that's going to elevate us at the end of our life. Exactly. <clears throat> so as, if you could co-write with any artist, dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh. Who would I co-write with the, any artist? Um, well, I love songs that have meaning, you know, um, and uh, my musical taste is kind of spread out, you know, everything classic rock, classic disco, because that's a sign of my, you know, just of, of my generation. Of course, I appreciate that because that's how I came up. Um, but there was a, uh, um, a song I posted, uh, you know, and I just dedicated it to my mom. Okay. And, uh, you know, I can't think of all the different writers now off the top of my head, uh, but, yeah. you know, but it definitely would be songs that have meaning that there was one that, um, oh my gosh, I wish I could remember her name. I, I think it's Donna Taggart or Taggart or something like that. She, mm -hmm. There was a song called Mom. Okay. Oh, wow. And uh, it was just about, and, and it was a beautiful song about God speaking to an unborn child. And the unborn, unborn, unborn child is speaking to God and saying, I don't want to come out. I'm so little. There's such a big world out there. I'd rather stay with you. Don't you want me to stay with you? And God tells the child, well, yes, of course I want you to stay there. But there's someone really special at the other end there waiting to meet you and that's your mom. And uh, I kind of dedicated that to my mom. So those are the type of... That's what I. That's the passion I have within me to write uh, uh, that type, those type of songs now. And uh, there's some beautiful yeah. literature out there. And I am writing some things right now, and I've got a couple of tribute songs that I'm coming out with now, uh, just because uh, it just exists and the opportunity exists, and so that we're doing it. Uh, I will mention a few other things that we have on the plate here. Um, we've got another show that uh, is in gestation. Of course, these things have been on hold because of COVID, called Soho at Night. Uh, yeah, we'll be hosting the show and, uh, with different artists and, and different Soho, and a Soho loft with each room having different artists, whatever, uh, involved. Um, and uh, uh, we're also uh, um, looking for, uh, and, uh, you know, we, I'm working with a wonderful genius of a guy, Maurice Hamilton. He's the CEO of the SMC Group. And what we do now together is that we find aspiring young artists that, that are just coming up that are not established yet. Mm -hmm. And if they have some of the qualities that you were alluding to before, Chris, we try to connect them through our relationships with like multinational corporations. Oh, wow. Okay. Be like the spokesman uh, <coughs> of Coca-Cola or Unilever or something like that for some of their, uh, their commercialization. So, you know, we have a few of those other things. We're trying to do something to brighten up Broadway, you know, Broadway in Manhattan in the Big Apple, which has been dark all this time, um, mm. for a show that's probably going to be later on this year. Uh, we're working with a beautiful team, Sue, Susan, Susan Lee, whatever, just wonderful people. And we're going to try to raise money to, because again, it's all about how the cuts have been here, the financial cuts, to help uh, uh, the students have more money for the, uh, to pay for the materials to go into the theatrical arts. And we have some artists on Broadway that are going to be coming from showing on a show probably uh, probably in the fall of this year. Uh, it's all work. So a lot of exciting stuff that's uh, going on. Um, and, um, you know, SohoJohnny.com is, uh, we have an email list. And, of course, SohoJohnny on uh, Instagram and uh, um, where else? Uh, YouTube, whatever, and Let Me Help Inc. 
some of the usual suspects where we try to keep everything posted. So where would you like to be in five years? In five years, uh, I would, uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I, you know, many of the audience will remember the philanthropist uh, Jerry Lewis, the late Jerry Lewis, who used to do a telethon uh, back in the day. And uh, it was amazing. It was, it was a telethon marathon because it would, would go on for several days and he would barely get any sleep. And, uh, he was famous in the day with Dean Martin, whatever, and a uh, uh, comedian. Uh, and he would raise money. I, was, I don't know, was it cerebral palsy or muscular dystrophy? I get them confused. And he would have artists come on his show. Like, and some, and unexpectedly, someone would show up like maybe 12 o'clock at night and everything, just walk onto the stage. So um, my aspiration is to do like a, a, to do like a very grandiose show, something like, you know, we all have heard of Live Aid or We Are the World and things like that in the past where artists came together and did like a really major show for a fantastic cause. So that's something that uh, I'd like to aspire to, to help put something like that together in several years from now, do something really worldwide and hopefully the pandemic will be since one day. Love that. Forward. Now let's look 15 years down the road and let's say that you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like for you, you're there. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind him? Always remember where you came from. Uh, uh, I would always, first of all, I'd be thankful to have my health and I want to be thankful for everything that I have and the ability to do what I do. Uh, I always be thankful to recognize all the relationships along the way uh, because the most important resource ever in the universe is human, is human resources uh, along the way and people that, uh, that are there. So. Uh, but I think that's something I would say to myself any part of my life, you know, as young yeah. as I, I, I can be. So, and, um, and that's the purpose of that question is to get artists to think, you know, if you're going to tell your future successful self something to remember, are you doing that now? And that's the purpose of that question is to make them remember. Well, I, I didn't catch the last part of your question, Chris. If we were doing what now? I, I was saying that um, I was saying that was the purpose of that question is so that people can remember where they are. Oh yeah, I mean, um, the journey is as important as the destination when it comes yep. to the nobility of the human spirit of what we can create within ourselves. Uh, it's important to always remember to love yourself, accept yourself, and forgive yourself. And I don't mean in a narcissistic way, in a selfish way, okay? Because when you come from a position of love, okay, you're in a better position to relate to people in a kinder, more compassionate way. And everybody that you have to interact with in order to that, because it's people that will help get you and the audience and everything will get you where you need to be. That is exactly. something that's so important for us to always remember in our hearts. And that probably could apply to just any career. Uh, I, I say career, but again, it's just not just, uh, again, it's not just monetary. I say career, people yeah. automatically think success is money. Success, yes, money is important, but success is how you get there. The journey, how you get there is just as important as the destination, in my opinion. Exactly. So as we come to a close here, what advice would you give that rising artist that wants to take their career to that next level? Always recognize the passion that's within you 
identify with it, nurture it. For me, I'm, I was that stuttering young kid a, 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 as a child, that nervous kid, but I just had to drive so much joy to just make people laugh and smile and always recognize it as a valuable commodity that you have within you. And if you tie that to, to, to uh, outreach and, and dealing with people and, uh, uh, and if, you have, uh, if you come from a position of goodwill uh, and a good moral compass, uh, and, 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 and your stick to itiveness. I mean, that's, that's kind of like, you know, the secret sauce that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was just listening, I forgot who I was listening to, um, you know, talking about careers. I mean, many people know Shark Tank, right? Yeah. And, uh, we, love we just watched Shark Tank this morning. Yeah. I think it was Damon John was talking uh, just the other day. He was on one of the platforms. He was saying, it. so you always hear about the successes, he says, but you don't hear about, you know, uh, what it took to get there the hundred times that i failed okay you hear about that one time that you know i get the congratulations but it's all the times that you fail so it's that stick-to-itiveness understand that success is a definition of getting there because of how many times you had you had you had you had you fell down and had to get up again nobody just goes straight to the top without falling down so understand it's part of the learning process and it's part of what makes us more resilient I don't even want to use the word stronger because it's not strength. It's just acceptance of oneself and just going forward and recognizing the value of other people and getting there. Yeah, because in our 18 years of marriage, we've um, probably failed at 100 different business ideas and ventures um, that led us to where we are now. And and I say failed, really it's lessons because with every failure, we learn something. So it's like now it's like all these failures that we have, you know, when, you know, people see the show and they think that we've had some really great guests in a year's time and and they think, oh, you know, this was like really quick happen. But no, it's went through a hundred failures. We've also originally started um, interviewing people back in 2014. We've developing friendships and connections back in 2014, 15, 16, 17. So all of a sudden it was like all this built up to this point where now we were ready to actually make something work. You know, when I do a show and, and yeah, I completely recognize everything you just said, and I know a lot of what goes into it and, uh, and, and what you've had to do to establish where you are now and how you continue to, uh, you know, bring smiles to people's faces like we're talking about. But, you know, to me, you know, when I do a show, it's, high, it's stressful at the end because, I, and, you know, just can't help myself. I'm a type A personality, I guess you would call it. You know, you want everything to go right. I mean, when I do a show, the artist, you know, they come in, it's not, I tell them, I, I have like a beautiful green room with a spread of food and everything. I says, listen, you're here, you're, we're family here. We're here to entertain and have that connection with the audience. So please, you know, I try to treat everybody with royalty and, uh, you know, especially when you do something that has a charitable aspect to it. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a certain amount of stress. You want everything to be timed right. What's the yep. musical score? How's your sound engineer? Is the stage going to look this way? What about the ticketing? What about and the And we have less control that? because we're virtual. So it's like I can control yeah. my end, but I can't always control the artists in so if they don't have a good connection then it don't come out good <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah we live in a tech world right so uh like you said it was echoing a little bit before i don't know why uh but it did you know, for about a minute so it wasn't that bad it was just short time it was weird because when i made that comment it went away i was like okay well that worked <laughs> <laughs> well listen this i'm i'm in um Westchester County in New York now, uh, and 
we just had some wallop, a couple of nice snowstorms up here where I oh, am. Yeah. And, uh, I think we have more snow coming. So sometimes when the weather gets a little funky, it affects the, I don't know what it that's, affects. That, that's true. So tell everybody, as we end the show here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Uh, SohoJohnny.com. There's an email list. to you join an email list? S-O-H-O-J-O-H-N-N-Y.com. SohoJohnny LLC on Facebook. John Soho Johnny Pasquale, P-A-S-Q-U-A-L-E is my, my personal Facebook. Uh, Soho Johnny on Instagram. Uh, and, um, where else am I forgetting? Oh, YouTube. YouTube. We've got, we posted some. We're constantly posting stuff there. Uh, and uh, I, I don't want to be remiss and not mention the foundation too. Let me help org and let me help's Facebook page. Let me help Inc. I think is the uh, uh, Inc. org is the Facebook page, and also uh, on I believe also on Instagram. I'm not the social media guy, but <laughs> I have people that assist me with all this, and uh, we're always posting different stuff and different things that we're doing, and. Uh, artists that we're representing and people that approach us that uh, we're happy to entertain opportunities and, uh, you know, uh, keeping it all together. I love that. So as we close here, um, we really enjoyed having you on the show today and we definitely look forward to having you back. Uh, I really appreciate the kindness of my heart. Thank you for having me today, Chris. And uh, regards to Sandy for your, 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 uh, your better half, wherever she is. And, uh, it's just wonderful to see the family, the whole family unity and the show and what you put on. And again, thank you for doing it because we all together can make a difference, especially. Amen to that. That's what it's going to take everybody together. We bet we're better together. Absolutely. We appreciate you.